Hello, everybody. I'm Ron Waxman, and uh, my guest is Arnold Fiolet. Uh, we are virtually going to discuss the uh, LocoDo 2 study uh, that was just presented at the ESC. Uh, Dr. Fiolet is from the uh, Dutch Preventive Medicine Group, and he's also from Utrecht, uh, Netherlands, and he was part of this study. Welcome, Arnold. Thank you. So tell us a little bit what actually drove you to do that study, because there were some other studies before that uh, that actually suggested that colchicin may have a value in prevention. Yes, yes, you're, you're right on, uh, on that. We, um, we started the journey on colchicin uh, at a time when uh, there was one study uh, stating something on the possible efficacy of colchicin. That was uh, 2013. Uh, our colleague uh, Mark Neider presented his uh, paper in Jack at that time, suggestion, suggesting a protective effect of the drug in patients with stable coronary disease uh, using uh, a probe design, so using a randomized uh, clinical, uh, randomized design uh, without placebo-controlled uh, placebo arm. And to find confirmation of that result, which was impressive at the time, we started, um, they started, in Australia started the Lodoco 2 trial, and we, as a Dutch, um, as an, a Dutch academic consortium, joined them in 2016. And um, can you tell us what was the study design? And uh, I understand it was a collaboration with the Australian group as well. Yeah, yeah, you're uh, absolutely right. So, the uh, Doga two was an investigator-initiated, uh, multi-center, randomized controlled trial. Um, enrolling patients in both Australia as in the Netherlands. Um, we used a not too complex design with two arms uh, of colchicine, low-dose colchicine, 0.5 milligram versus placebo. And uh, all patients that enrolled started off with an open-label run-in uh, period. So all patients were exposed 30 days to open-label treatment uh, before we randomized them. And the main uh, reason to do it in such a way was to investigate whether there were patients that were intolerant to the drug. Maybe we'll focus on who were the patients that uh, enrolled into the study with respect to their risk and CAD? Yeah, so Lodoko uh, was a trial investigating, investigating patients with stable coronary artery disease, which we defined as being at least six months stable. Um, and although the majority had in a prior acute coronary syndrome, this was not part of the inclusion criteria. So we aim to find patients that were your regularly, regular out, uh, outpatient clinic patients. So those that uh, do not have uh, overt heart failure, do not have renal failure, um, but just in the, 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 those that are walking around us and we are seeing in clinics every day. I know that in Colcott, uh, one of the studies that was run by Tardif and his group, uh, they actually were focusing on CRP levels as an entry criteria. Did you look at any biomarkers to see who is at risk in terms of the inflammation score? Uh, because this, this drug is anti-inflammatory, obviously. Yeah, yeah. No, we uh, specifically try to aim at the sort of an all-comma population without pre-selection on any biomarker, and in particular not the inflammatory biomarker. So all patients were, uh, all patients that were enrolled were enrolled uh, irrespective of their pro-inflammatory uh, phenotype or uh, status. And, and the dose was a very low dose relatively. Can you just uh, remind us it was a 50 milligram? 
Yeah, it was 0.5 milligrams, which is the lowest dose uh, used by rheumatologists uh, treating uh, gout. Most of the rheumatologists use it as a uh, treatment of acute gout uh, flares. Um, and it's half the dose that we use in the treatment of pericarditis. Yeah, so it's the, it's the lowest dose uh, available. What was the major findings? Um, well, the major findings was after uh, a median follow-up of almost two and a half years that uh, in the cotine group, we found a relative risk reduction of 21% um, in reducing the uh, occurrence of cardiovascular death, myocardial infarction, ischemic stroke, or uh, ischemia-driven coronary revascularization. So that will be MACE plus, four-point MACE. So these are very impressive results. Uh, were there any side effects that were associated? Because we know that this drug is not free of side effects. And also many of the patients, I assume they were on statins and that could be also can some, cause some adverse reaction. Yeah, yeah, the side effects were of particular interest for us in the, in the complete study group. And uh, we set out to investigate um, any muscle related side effects, myotoxicity, in particular, so uh, concerning rhabdomyolysis, uh, myopathy. We looked for um, a possible increase in pneumonias or infections in general, and ge uh, gastrointestinal disorders or hospital admissions for gastrointestinal disorders, as the drug uh, does cause some gastrointestinal upset. And the findings uh, with relation to the adverse events uh, were that we did not see any differences in the occurrence of infections, nor in the occurrence of pneumonias, and the occurrence of serious muscle toxicity was very rare, with only a few cases and no difference between study groups. In fact, uh, during the uh, trial conduct, the uh, cessation of a drug, permanent cessation of drug, was sim as similar levels in both the placebo group as in the cortisone group, and around the order of 10%. Yeah, uh, this is very encouraging. Uh, can you say something about the tolerance of the drug? I mean, patients had to take it for how long? Uh, and, and how did they tolerate the drug? Well, we, we as, as I stated, we started off with an uh, open-label run-in to investigate tolerability. And obviously, many patients uh, stopped due to subjective or perceived side effects, and some stopped during that open-label run-in uh, as they felt did not feel, uh, feel keen to join in with the trial. Um, and in the randomized part of the trial, we didn't see any uh, important signals of intolerance. Yeah. During that first open-label run, um, half of the patients that uh, seized the drug uh, said this, this ought to be due to uh, perceived side effects. So tolerance was, uh, after the open-label run-in of one month, was tolerance was quite okay. So that's a smart move. Um, but for the group that actually tried the drug before the randomization, what was the drop up uh, due to tolerance? in terms of percentage, how many couldn't tolerate the drug? Um, well, the, we, when, for some patients, we're not absolutely sure whether they couldn't tolerate the drug or they couldn't tolerate the trial regime, but it was in the, in the order of 8%. Okay, so that's, uh, I think, not like a very prohibitive number of uh, patients to continue into the study. And I think indeed you enrolled a very large number of patients. Uh, you know, this was not the only study that was presented at the ESC, and again, it is confirmatory to your first study, but uh, one of the issues that was raised is uh, every time that you look at any of those studies, you see a little bit higher mortality, uh, it's, it's all cause mortality on the 
Folketin uh, group. And, and it's not that it's statistically significant, obviously, I'm not sure it's powered to uh, all cardiac death, but it's always like in that range. So is that you think by chance or is there anything that we should worry that inflammation, a little bit inflammation is a good thing and then uh, maybe we, we knock out too much inflammation. Do you have any thoughts about the all-cause mortality? Yeah, yeah. So um, you're right that we saw a difference between the occurrence of uh, mortality in the uh, active group versus the placebo group, though not statistically relevant. And this was the occurrence in the non-active deaths. Um, and we do not have a proper explanation for that, as the numbers are quite low. It's hard for us to investigate whether this is just a play of chance or whether there's a true signal. Looking at the causes of death, no apparent reason comes to uh, comes above. And, and when looking at um, other important reasons uh, uh, for mortality, such as cancer and infections, we do not, do not see a signal at all. So though it's, it's, it's certainly an initial concern, current data is probably too limited to infer anything on it. And we need to expand our follow-up and numbers special number of events before we can uh, interpret this data in a proper way. Yeah, obviously, um, when you look at this study, the data are very convincing. You look at other studies, I mean, in terms of the overall efficacy, it's showing, uh, I think, pretty much definitively that uh, low-dose coffeine can reduce future events. And what's striking is really to look at the placebo group, because the curve was going very uh, steadily up. I mean, the hazard ratio per year, it's very constant. So anything that can mitigate it, and the effect was seems to be pretty much from the very beginning. You don't have to wait much to uh, see any difference, right? So, so what do you think should be the take home message and how this should change our practice? I mean, we have been treating patients with uh, antithrombotic or antiplatelet therapy to reduce residual risk. Uh, we are treating patients with statins and PCSK9 to reduce uh, ischemic risk. Uh, is there any way to think that the low-dose colchitin could be introduced as a, a drug to reduce the residual inflammatory risk, or it should just reduce uh, events regardless of the mechanism? Uh, well, I, I think the LADOCA2 trial those findings uh, given out by Gantos a few years ago, anti-inflammatory treatments with Kankumab, and the COCO trial investigating the anti-inflammatory properties of cotosine in a different population, and it, um, whether we should um, implement it in daily practice um, is, I think, up to the field and to um, new, uh, new research. But taking it all in consideration, the last 30 30 years, much research has been done on the, uh, the role of inflammation in atherosclerosis, but it, it, had, it has cost us uh, 25 years to show anything that can modulate that inflammation, which was Cantos. And now we have a, an, an old drug uh, of which we do know the side effects profile very well, and it's uh, at least uh, enough evidence to consider repurposing such a drug, addressing the residual inflammatory risk in patients that we see every day. Yeah, and what's amazing is the low cost of the drug. It's actually cost pennies per day, I think, for patients and also in Europe and, and in the US. Uh, so I'm curious, um, you know, since there was no really a drug company behind this study, probably was investigator, but it's still expensive to run a study of nearly 5,000 patients. 
So how did you sponsor such a study, especially when it runs across uh, two continents, Europe and Australia? Yeah, yeah, and, and, and I think uh, just to pick up on, uh, on one uh, uh, comment you made, it's, it's inexpensive in most parts of uh, Europe and it's inexpensive in the Netherlands and Australia it is, but there are parts of the world where it is expensive, unfortunately, so we can't say that for on a global scale. But uh, that having said, um, we were majorly uh, helped by grants from uh, governmental uh, funding agencies, both in Australia and in the Netherlands, and a huge in-kind contribution from all participating cardiologists, uh, whom we told that this, uh, this investigator in a study did not have a budget in any way comparable to the regular industry sponsored uh, trials, but still had a very good scientific rationale. And by convincing them in that way and, and getting a little bit of funding from the governments in both Australia and Netherlands, so we came, uh, came quite, a way, quite a way. So I guess it was a good bet from the government to help to sponsor that study. The question, <laughs> and that's gonna be my last question. Uh, so having those results, which are very impressive, do you think it's gonna change guidelines or the way that the medicine is practiced, at least in the Netherlands, in Australia, or you can, because you're a Dutch, you probably can speak for the Netherlands, uh, and you're part of the Dutch group. So is that going to be now the common practice? I mean, how do you take these results and implement them on a regular practice? Well, um, I won't go so far to say it will change clinical practice at this moment, but I, will, I certainly think that uh, looking at new guidelines, we can't ignore these, this third study stating a, a beneficial effect on the, uh, modulating the inflammatory response in patients with stable coronary disease or in an acute uh, phase. So, uh, and as you said, I can't really speak for Australia, though there are quite a lot of Dutchmen living in Australia, but <laughs> we don't have too much <laughs> control over them. So I'm, I'm not sure. I, I think it, it's, it's, it's really, it puts up at the evidence that we've been collecting for the last 30 years, and especially the clinical evidence from the last five years. Um, and, and it will certainly be, uh, be taken into account when new guidelines will be proposed, but we'll see what happens. Well, first I'd like to congratulate you and your group. Uh, you did an amazing job to putting all this study together, to be patient, to wait the five years, and to be consistent, uh, and, and trying to address a very important question with actually a relative not expensive drug. And I do like you also to come to us virtually. So uh, thank you very much. We'll figure out and we'll see here in the US if we're gonna start to adopt those results in the clinical practice. What I think is missing is who should get it. And, and maybe everybody should get it based on your study, but I think it would be nice to tease out uh, some uh, group at risk because again, there's always, as you say, 8% cannot take it. Uh, so that's, or they have issues with taking it. Uh, but um, it's definitely can change the way that we practice. So congratulations again, and thank you, Dr. Philip. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Okay, that was great. Thank you so much for coming. Um, <laughs> just, just remind me, how long the patients were on the, on the drug? Um, the median follow-up was 29 months. No, but, but that, how long they were on the drug? They were on the drug for the whole duration of the follow-up or? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, so they had a 30-day so open-label run-in phase, after yeah. which they were randomized to colchicine or placebo. And but they never stopped it, right? Until the end of the study? No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they continued to drug unless they had there were any reasons to uh, prematurely uh, discontinue to drug, either by choice of physician or by... 
perceived side effects. Yeah. yeah, so now that they read the result, do you think that they're going to drop it or they're going to continue to take it? Uh, I, I think we'll get many questions by the participants. <laughs> yeah, but you're not going to continue to follow those patients beyond five years or you have a budget to follow them further on? Yeah, yeah. So we are planning to, uh, uh, to design an, a, a so-called leg legacy uh, study and a registry, and we think we are obliged to the scientific community to do so. Um, and uh, in what format that will be, that's something we're discussing right now. And that's, those are issues um, uh, that we need to address at this moment. Yeah, yeah, but it would be interesting to see whether the effect we've seen now uh, pertains over the upcoming years and also, it's, it's relevant to see if we could select any patients that have extra benefit of it, but it's all, it's all additional research. Yeah, yeah no, that's good. I mean, I think that you look at all the studies, uh, I view all of them positive, even the small Australian study, you know, the 400 days, it was okay. Uh, and it was really small power. So you really need the, you need the large power to calculate and, and also the long follow-up to yeah. Too. So yeah. if, you do, if you do the studies correctly, that's why I think your study is very definitive compared to the others. But well, again, thank, thank you for the compliments. Thank you for the time. And uh, we're going to post it on crtonline.org later today and appreciate the, your contribution. Thank you very much.